day job. Let's go. Look at me, Damien. The blackest day. Son of a bitch. Welcome to Blade Job episode <laughs> 58. And you may hear that laugh over there because um, I got some bad news for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Carley, dear co-host of the show, is uh, currently one of the seemingly many with the PS5 glitch. Yeah. And um, filling in for him tonight is the lovely... Cassie Calvert um, <laughs> from the previous two Halloween Havoc episodes, but um, yeah, let's just have a moment of silence <laughs> for Steve and his PS. Uh, did I say call it PS4? PS5 woes. Yeah, um, sorry, Steve. But I'm back. Anyways, <laughs> it's Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, <laughs> it's our anniversary. It is our anniversary. It is. Uh, it would be a year and. Three months, something like something that. Something like that. <laughs> so, how the hell are you doing? Me? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> it's um, just us in a room talking together yeah. in our living room. <laughs> That's what podcasts are. No TV on, no computer, just the no, two of us. Old school style. Actually, the three of us. May I? May I be so proud? Yeah, to throw introduce. Sheila on the mic real quick. Okay, Sheila, spit spit some fire, would you? We have a new cat here. She purrs real loud. Hold on. Let me get her going. I don't know if it's registering on the mic. I'll keep petting her and then... She's a little shy. I think her purr machine is a little busted because sometimes it's it's so loud. (laughs) that it's like jarring. It is. So, as you've clicked this episode, I don't know if you're listening to this um, still on uh, Friday the 13th, but yes, we're finally covering our first Friday the 13th movie um, on this Friday the 13th. And we are covering what a lot of people consider to be the the best Friday the 13th movie, the final chapter. Really? A lot of people like it because, you know, you finally get your mask, Jason... Uh, yeah. You finally get, you know, T- Tom Savini comes back. We'll get into all of it, but it really has um, a lot of a lot of high marks. And not that the rest of the series doesn't, but you know, it does kind of uh, get a little silly. It is pretty silly. Yeah. So you know, this is the beginning of the Tommy Jarvis series and whatnot. <laughs> but um, before we'll do it, we'll do some quick updates here. You know, this is usually I'm f- I'm filling in for Steve here with a. Keeping the show moving. He usually he's asking all these questions. I but know, and I'm unprepared. I'm just along for the ride. So, you know, since we live together, we've been watching the same stuff. That's true. <laughs> um, Still watching Ghost Adventures. Yep. So watching Ghost Adventures. We're about to switch to Hulu Live, so we'll have the whole back catalog. So uh, stay tuned for some updates there. But um, Bly Manor. We're, we've watched all of it except for... The finale. We're watching the finale probably tonight. What are your thoughts so far through it? Could be so much scarier. It is not scary. Yeah. And I, I, like I want to be scared. I feel like that's not even a spoiler, too, because I feel like yeah. every site has kind of come out and said that it's... It's it's uh, it's beautiful. 
the house that they're at is so beautiful. Yeah. The people are so beautiful. It's very, you know, it's like, it's what you would expect. Um, I don't know if Mike Flanagan or Mark Flanagan uh, directed all of them, but I know he's the showrunner, so he kind of is in charge. And, you know, if you've seen any of his movies, you know, he's very good at what he does. Mm. I'm trying to be Steve here okay. and talk about directors okay. and stuff. But, um, you know, just like, mm-hmm, okay. I think he's <laughs> like the guy who did The Conjuring. Don't quote me on that, but maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, anyways, Hill House was, like, the original kind of Netflix show that he did. Or maybe he did Insidious. But, anyway. Whoa, I love Insidious. So, it, it's kind of got that style. But I agree. Um, could be a lot scarier. Hill House, which we've talked about maybe jumping into after this, I think really holds up on the scare level. You get at least one good scare in episode, I yeah. would say. Th- this one's really... Um, Not even a slow burn. It's like yeah. a... Nothing really has been very scary yet at all. And then the ghosts are kind of scary until you see them. And then they become like reoccurring characters. And you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not scared of these ghosts anymore. Yeah. And it's kind of got that. um, There's not a ton of mystery. There's a little bit of mystery that I feel like they're holding out on the last episode. I mean, I guess we don't know why all the ghosts are stuck in Bly Manor. But um, I think we'll find out soon. But yeah, I mean, check it out, I suppose. That, um, that little girl is so cute. Yeah, Flora. Flora. Mm-hmm. She's so sweet. But yeah, Bly Manor. Um, you know, I don't know if there's been any other ad- adaptations. I think it's from a book called Turn of the Screw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of Mark Flanagan. Uh, or Mike I thought Flanagan. that was Hill House, though. No, Hill House was um, Haunting of Hill House. Oh. It's its own book. And this is... At Turn of the Screw. Right. I believe. Okay. I might have them mixed up. But no, actually, no, I wouldn't because Haunting of Hill House is Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that Haunting of Bly Manor, it's definitely a little style over substance for me. But and it sounds like you same goes for you. There's a lot of love in it, which is fine. Yeah. But I don't want to feel lovey. I want to feel anxious. Yeah. So, you know, give us some other shows to watch in the comments or in a review or just, you know, I guess where else could they leave a a recommendation (laughs) on our Instagram page? Call in. We're standing by. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you like beautiful landscapes and amazing interior design and, um, and, uh, children. Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead and watch Bly Manor. Yeah. You could probably just watch the first episode if that's all you like. Yeah. You get it all then. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the 80s. Sure, it is in the 80s. Even though their outfits are could be way better. It is England, so yeah, I would I would kind of wish there was like a punk girl. That'd be fun. Yeah. I guess the gardener is a little bit. Yeah, but it'd be fun to have like a total like the gardener's London, Londoner, uh, Hell yeah. you know, battle jacket, punk kid. Mohawk. So, that's pretty much all we've been watching. Hopefully, we have some updates next time um, on some new stuff. Like I said, we're going to be upgrading some uh, some stuff around here. Um, oh my gosh, moving in together has been so cheap. Yes, no and one ever told me how cheap moving. I in forgot. Together we should also mention is. that you know we were supposed to be recording this last night, and oh. on top of Steve's issue, we also had a pretty pretty harrowing police incident on our block which was 
um, kind of fun and then kind of boring and then kind of exciting and then mm-hmm. kind of boring again. But yeah, lots. It was an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I guess our neighbors stole some cars and we had a bunch of cops running around with long it, guns in our backyard. It so. was. Why do you keep saying? The rifles. Rifles. <laughs> Long guns. Well, I don't know if they were shotguns <laughs> or assault rifles. They're, I think I'm pretty sure they were assault rifles. Okay. But so, I don't want to. You know, you know, all of our gun listeners. <laughs> I don't want to. What had happened? Mis- misidentify. We. This all took place two houses down, so not next door, but one more over. Yeah, but we almost share a backyard. Well, we all kind of share a backyard, yeah. And um, all of a sudden, we hear somebody yelling. And then we hear... Which was the cop. Which was the cop. And then we hear this car, like, completely tear out of... Bat out of hell mm-hmm. down West Breckenridge. <laughs> yeah. Other accounts say he was going 80. I, I might be... I might believe it. I don't know. And that is really scary. He should go to jail just for that because we have kids that live on this street mm-hmm. and families. Shout out to the kid with the long hair. He's cool. He is cool. So... And also those two boys that maybe are 13 that skateboard down the street every day. Yeah. And um, I can hear them talking about how they plan to steal vapes. So, well, they're cool. Yeah, they're cool. But so, so we heard people yelling and the car take off. And then we heard a bunch of other cars take off. Turns out, I believe there were police already there. Yeah, there were two cars that left. Police were here. Then they surrounded the house with guns. And stayed pretty much guns pointed at the house until about midnight. Yeah. Because there were people inside. They blocked off our whole block. Mm -hmm. um, Like, straight up megaphone, like, come out with your hands up. Yeah, straight up fucking Wild West. (laughs) And we are just faces pressed against our window. We we just started drinking beers and watching it, being like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, so we did that instead of record the podcast, so, you know, uh, sorry. all of our neighbors as well, we're all kind of crammed in here. Yeah, it's pretty tight living, and we're, like, just north of Detroit for anybody, you know, all of our uh, listeners. And, by the way, that doesn't mean that um, we're in a high-crime area, because we're really not. No. I mean, we are right next to Detroit, but... It's as as high crime as any other, you know, city in America. Yeah, we're in a a family-friendly suburb. I was kind of surprised that Ferndale cops had those kind of guns. (laughs) Yeah, because usually, I mean, nothing really happens in Ferndale. No, if anything happens, it's like, you know, I feel like like the Detroit cops come in. Yeah, it's like someone breaks into a car every once in a while. Yeah, or someone holds up like a 7-Eleven. Yeah. You know, just your typical American city. Yeah. But, so, anyways, that's why you're getting this episode tonight on midnight. But, you know, it's kind of fun recording it on Friday the 13th now. Yeah. Because now, you know, yesterday we were kind of... It feels right. Yeah. It, it's now we're actually in the in the day. Uh, we're ending the day on this, so it, yep. it does feel right. Um, I guess I wanted to ask, too, you know, other than um, the Bly Manor, which we've been watching, we also... I mean, I watched and you kind of watched along, but we wa- I watched AEW Full Gear, which I thought was a pretty fun show. I, you know, I we don't talk about a lot about the newer wrestling stuff, but um, I checked it out. There was some interesting matches, but I wanted to kind of get your take on it because you, we, 
I guess we kind of, you've seen it all now, like current product, old product. You've seen WCW. You've seen WWF from the old days. Mm-hmm. You've seen current WWE. You've seen current NXT. And now you've kind of seen AEW. Like, what is kind of your thoughts on everything currently going on? I feel like um, AEW is probably my least favorite Mm-hmm. Okay. To watch, and not saying that I don't like it, yeah. it's just my least favorite. Um, I feel like maybe it's because they might have a little bit of a smaller budget than the other ones. Mm, yeah. That's what it feels like to me anyways. Because yeah. like the promos aren't filmed that well. It's definitely um, coming from more of a like an indie beginning. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of these guys are indie stars. Sure. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. That makes sense. And it's cool. I like how, um, I mean, they're not afraid to just slash away. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely a little more adult-oriented. Yeah. Um, I Yeah. But I feel like with that, they could just go, like, all out. They could. But it's a fine line. Yeah. Because... Well, I know they, they still want to be aired, so it's not like they can go totally yeah. full out. But, I don't know. It just... Maybe it's the storylines I don't like very much, and that's true. I mean, like they did some good recaps of the storylines, and like even the um the main event, which was Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. I mean, they went through the storyline, but again, like you have it, it's it's I think it's hard for people who haven't followed their careers to really like get invested. Yeah, like you can't say like you know these guys came in together. These, they have all of this history on the indies and then expect, you know, kind of a first-time fan to watch. And I've kind of always felt that about AEW is that they um, they really only appeal to the marks or, yeah. like, the people who are, like, following every little detail. And they'll, like, roll out some new guy. And if you're not, like you know super up to date on wrestling like you'd be like who is that guy but then other guys are like well why the fuck don't you know who that is right. like that's like you know so and so he's been like huge in mexico for like five years right it's like, so it's and too indie i think sometimes i think it's cool that aew is a place where the hardcore fans can turn to and yes. feel seen i agree but, but i mean it also is kind of like well then how do you draw new watchers in yeah and um i mean i think it it's really cool and are they a newer oh yeah they've only been around for i think maybe they're hitting two years okay or a year and a half that's that's kind of what it feels like is that they just didn't really iron out all the kinks yet yeah and that's definitely what's happening i mean i think one of the big glaring um one of the big glaring issues with them and i mean we watched it together is I mean, WWE, love them or hate them, I mean, outside of Japan, they have such a lock on, I think, women's wrestling. Uh, yeah. I mean, not that Nyla Rose and Sheeta didn't have a great match. I mean, it's just, it's just so different. Like, um, I feel like WWE just has, I think, so much talent, even on yeah. NXT. Well, I, f- I feel like, um... You know, they're probably, like you said, indie wrestlers that mm-hmm. came up and um, they just don't really, the, since it's such a new network and the people are so new mm-hmm. to 
mainstream mainstream yeah. professional wrestling it feels like they're not very good at the acting part yet yeah i mean it's definitely more like wrestling mm-hmm. and less like entertainment with it right. which is like the promo i mean hell not not that this is not, not that this is any fault or this is even a negative but the you know when um um oh my god i'm drawing a blank on her name but the first um wrestler the first women's champion uh was a like a little japanese girl oh my god i'm forgetting her name but she didn't not uh, not that there's nothing wrong with not being able to do promos in english but then she kind of disappeared in japan so it's like they're kind of getting this like these really talented performers in ring but then they're having like a really hard time i feel like carrying the feuds because it's like Mm. like you know is it and and they're trying to kind of have this like well it's like you know you just want to be the best like real sports like they're showing win-loss records and stuff but i think you need like a little bit more than that and that's like there's some feuds like you know the dumb Orange Cassidy feuds, like some of the more comedy feuds, I think are some of the better feuds in AEW because yeah. wrestling needs dumb feuds. Yes. You can't just be like, I want to be the best. Oh my God, I know. Like, so. um, the, well, I'll get to that, but with the Nyla Rose match, and what was that other girl's name? Uh, Sheeta. Yeah. I really liked them, but it just like, it felt like every punch was like i could blatantly see that they were yeah you know not going full out which is good and safe um yeah. but you know every kick was like a little bit just like i was like okay this is like a little too obvious for me yeah and it's kind of fun when it's obvious you know yeah it and is. then it also doesn't help that there's not a crowd that's true. I think a crowd really would make... I mean, a crowd made a difference on some of the earlier shows. Like, the early yeah. AEW shows were crazy, especially with some of the big pops when, like, an indie guy would come out. Right. But it is... Well, you you're the, right. You need I think, the crowd, I think, to really help you um, with your energy levels. Yeah, and I think a crowd helps with some of these wrestlers who are a little I, more unknown. I also don't like hearing them talk in the ring. Mm. It is okay. so uncomfortable. It is a little uh, lackluster. Yeah. Like, it is. It is better when it's more uh, like just like crowd noise and just like hearing the chops. But, yeah. But yeah. But I mean, your uh, your buddy Chris Jericho had a match too. Oh boy. And if you're wondering what I look like, I look like Chris Jericho. <laughs> you look like Chris Jericho, like 1997 mm-hmm. WCW Chris yeah. Jericho. Let's be real. I really do. You don't look like the new Chris Jericho <laughs> with, with a lumpy body. You've seen the you've seen the meme of him putting the face paint on in the mirror <laughs> when he was doing the Judas face paint. God, he's so cringe. But anyways, so I mean, the I think Laura and the skinny scarves. And, I, I think AEW is still maybe another like six to eight months out from really finding that balance of like the hardcore indie, you know, Japanese fan because you know a lot of people like the japanese style too is much more like sports uh sport oriented i love japanese wrestling so much but they still get the feuds though so i mean i feel like aew needs to find a mesh between the entertainment the feuds because right now they're kind of just like throwing everything at the wall yeah so something will stick Well, it might take a couple years maybe even that's what i'm saying i think in eight months 
they really have to kind of figure something out and get yeah. like a formula down. Also, is Chris Jericho like the owner, or is he? I think he's a possibly like a partner. Okay. I don't think he's an owner though. No, he's a, no actually because he's a, he's contracted with them. Okay, I mean he is the. Um, I guess I thought no, I he's heard not that. the champ of anything. Now that I think about it. The Darby Allen match was fun with Cody Rhodes. I, so. I, yeah, the guy in the skateboard. Yeah, the guy in the skateboard yeah. with the skull face. He's fun. So I mean, stuff if like I that. If I was like thirteen, I would be like, yeah, this is everything. And I guess just a little bit of news. But I mean, we're not going to talk a ton about news. But I guess there is a video game coming out, which could be kind of fun. Um, and it's supposed to be uh, kind of run by the. Um, one of the guys who worked on uh, WWF Here Comes the Pain. So for all the Ooh. all you millennial listeners who played <laughs> that on N64. Um, Nothing will be better than No Mercy. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was the No Mercy. Oh, okay. Cool. Yes, yes, yes. Here Comes the Pain was the PS2 one, which was <laughs> equally, I think, I think people unanimously think that was one of the best PlayStation ones. But yeah, No Mercy was the N64. What's the game you and I played during quarantine um, um oh street fight no we played def jam def jam yeah def jam oh. vendetta that was fucking fun yeah, except you fun. cheated no i just didn't teach tell you how to play yeah <laughs> so, so but yeah aew you know it was cool to watch it with you and to see Aww. kind of how like you thought of it because it is different i but i really liked it um i wouldn't say that i got bored Mm-hmm. But I did find myself being like, "All right, let's get to the yeah. fights." Like, yeah, like the like the backstories and the promos are last a lo- like are like half the program. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, okay, it's really cool that um, what's the skater guy's name again? I'm sorry, uh, Darby. Allen. Darby. Okay, <laughs> um, it's really cool that Darby was hanging out with Stevo. That was cool, though. Well, yeah, I'm very jealous, but, but yeah, but I know what you mean. Like, let's get to it. This, like, whole montage of him, and it's black and white, and he's driving his shit car through the forest, and mm-hmm. he hits a field, and he, like, gets on top of the hood and screams into the sky, like, all right, I get it. Yeah. He's really, he really wants to win, okay? <laughs> like, Yeah. And I think a lot of AEW's appeal is, like, you know, I mean, a lot of the fan base, I mean, I, I remember seeing Darby, I've seen Darby Allen live a few times at, like, indie shows, and... And there's a lot real, of, I really liked watching him. Right yeah, now. and there's a lot of people who like I think really connect with that. Like I saw him at like a Knights of Columbus Hall, right? And now I can see him here. So I mean, and and I kind of feel that way too. But um, at the same time, you know, I want like thought out storylines. Yeah. Too. So I kind of want the best of both worlds. So maybe and I'm the picky one. <laughs> his storyline with the the other guy who was Cody fighting Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, yeah. which. It's cool that he's Dusty Rhodes' son. Yes, and um, Goldust's brother. And Goldust—that is honestly the coolest <laughs> part about him. Um, yes, Cassie's a big Goldust fan. I love Goldust so much. He's just ridiculous. He's something in every sense of the word. He's just like his garter stockings. Anyways, oh, so you're about, you're talking, it's about the artist formerly known. The as The artist Goldust. formerly known as Goldust yes. is my favorite. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> like their whole like storyline beef was that they both just wanted to win yeah that's kind of what it comes we get it (laughs) that's kind of what it comes down to a lot of AEW, which yeah 
you know, I think that they'll figure out a way to 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 really make it make it better. And, and they have some, you know, love angle storylines. Like I know, I think Joey Janela was in one with uh, like Kip Sabian, and they, you know, they had like a ex girlfriend kind of fight thing. And and I think that wrestling kind of needs that stuff sometimes. Kip. Kip, yeah. What a cute name. So. Um. I, and, and, I, and I know you like the drama. I want the tea. Yeah. So. I want someone to steal someone's man. Yeah. And another thing. And okay. I think we need to wrap this up on AEW. But one more thing is like they rely so much on social media and YouTube. So it's another like another layer. Like if, if you don't know these guys on the independent circuit and you don't watch their like weekly YouTube things or you don't watch like a Twitch stream like you. There's too much storyline woven into that, I feel like, sometimes. And it's, like, it's very hard to keep up. Right. So maybe that's just me because I'm not a weekly watcher of the show. Well, I'm more it, of a highlight watcher. But It sounds like a, like they're tr- really trying to appeal to Gen X, which is good. Yeah. But I think they're trying to appeal to, like, millennial, like, that, like, Gen X millennial cusp. Right. Like, my, like, like, like Jack. Shout out to Jack. Shout out to Jack. My yes. My brother. I think they're trying to appeal to like the eighteen to like thirty year old, yeah. Which is like we, I fall like right in the middle of that. Your brother kind of falls at the lesser end of that, but yeah, yeah. But he watches Twitch streams, right? We don't do that. Yes, so they're definitely trying to do that, but I feel like there's still a big market of like old wrestling fans who who would love another wrestling channel. Like they would love to watch another network. Like the more the better. That's so. true. The more the better is actually, I think, the best way to do it. So yeah. I'm glad they're around. I still think they're number two. I don't think they're going to top WWE anytime soon. I don't think anyone will. But I mean, I think match quality wise, they're up there. But I think in entertainment wise, they're a, a very close second because WWE is slipping. Let's let's admit yeah. it. Yeah. The the Thunderdome has been. I love WWE though. I really do. Yeah. I mean, it's got its ups and downs. Because you know I love Charlotte. Yeah, that is true. That's and you, and the, like I said, WWE's I, women's division is second to none. Oh, my God. Charlotte. Asuka. Yeah. I know. We got to get wrestling back so we can go to a live show again. Yeah. It's I've a, never been. I, want, I really want to go. You went to, we went to one with my oh, brother. Oh, yeah. We, we went, went to SmackDown. Smackdown. Well, I want to go to, like, a fun indie show. Oh. Yeah, we'll get to one of those. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Game changer wrestling. Set that date. home, please. Yeah. Okay, we live in Michigan. It's real bad here. Yeah. We were supposed to have a GCW show come, and it never came because of COVID, and I'm still waiting to see an update. I probably won't be celebrating Thanksgiving with my family, so if you're not wearing your mask, um, please send your location so I can come and fight you. Mm-hmm. We're going to send ferndale cops with long guns to your house yeah just want to talk so <laughs> all right well that's the blade job part of the show but now it's you know it's friday the 13th oh boy um i'm cracking another beer here oh i will too but um we're talking final chapter um this what is, is it? <laughs> it was supposed <laughs> to be <laughs> it was supposed to be they thought it was so Tom Tom Savini um, actually came back. So this is our second. I don't know. This is our third Tom Savini movie we've covered. So Tom Savini came back because he was like, "I want to kill Jason. I want to kill Jason off." 
he, he, I created him. I want to kill his ass. So, Tom Savini, famous uh, special effects artist, Dawn of the Dead, The Burning, you know, check that out in the archives. The Prowler, check that out in the archives. Also, the Prowler director, Joe Zito, directed this movie. What a name. So, we got Joe and Tom Joe Zito. coming back together to do Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. Um... And yeah, I mean, it's like I said at the top, it's kind of regarded as one of the better Jason movies because let's go through them. The first one, not really any Jason. Iconic, Iconic. in its own regard. We watched it at the drive-in. Jinx. But uh, no, not really Jason, except for that jump scare at the end, which is iconic. Well, no, it's Mrs. Voorhees. But yes, Mrs. Voorhees is the main killer. Second movie, which I love... I, you know, it's one of my favorites, Baghead. Baghead. Okay, we don't have the ma- <laughs> hockey mask yet. I think it's kind of like, in my head, it was always kind of like the Halloween 3 of Friday the 13th. Like, yeah. everybody's seen the first one. And they're like, oh, yeah, J- you know, Jason's not actually the killer in the first one. Like, that's everyone's, like, every, like, you know, non-horror movie fan's, like, favorite trivia thing. And then... The second one actually doesn't have Jason's mask, so I've always, like, appreciated that because he looks like a fucking, like, backwoods hillbilly with, like, this sack Looking at him right now on our wall. We have a framed picture of bad Jason. You got got Mad Ralph, Crazy Ralph, Um, but yeah, it's a fun one. And then you get into the third one, which Jason gets his mask, but for me, personally, have you seen the third one? I don't think so. So the third one, it, it's fine, but it's it was Friday the 13th 3D. Oh. So it's got all this really cheesy oh 80s 3D like, in it. Like, whoa, hand towards the yeah. screen on purpose. And I've never seen it in 3D because I didn't see it. I've never actually seen it in a the theater. I've never seen it on a 3D television. So I've I mean, never seen it in 3D. I don't know if that would change my opinion of it, but I remember seeing it like, back in the day when I was a kid on, like, Sci-Fi Channel, and it, the third one I've always just had, like, a gripe with. (laughs) Have you ever seen a 3D movie in theaters? Yeah, I saw Avatar when it came out. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, some people say the best 3D movie ever made. Shout out to Steve, because I know he he would be saying it is the best 3D movie ever made. Those people must not have seen Spy Kids 3D. Oh, I've seen Spy Kids 3D as well. Yeah, that's the best. And I think I saw, like... I think I saw... I think it's Final Destination 5. Yeah, I saw I, was, I saw either Final... It was Final Destination, and I saw a Saw movie in 3D. You know what I saw in 3D? Oh. Gnomeo and Juliet. I don't know what that is. It's Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> but with gnomes. Oh, and I saw maybe an Alien movie in 3D, or Prometheus Whoa. or something. Or maybe Whoa. that was IMAX. I don't know. But yeah, th- I'm not a big... I'm not a big fan of 3D movies. I'm not either. They don't make me feel very good. I like, like, kind of recently, you know, you've been able to go see like, like the newer Star Wars movies and stuff. They they usually have them in like that 3D, and I always opt out. I'd rather see it just standard. Me too. Um, I don't want to see 3D. So I'm I'm kind of a 3D hater. Um, okay. so that's why I think also kind of I'm slighted towards Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. But either way, Jason gets his mask, but. He comes back in part four. Sure the movie does. starts with him getting killed in that barn. 
and he comes back. And, you know, it's... I. This is, I think, the beginning of, like, uh, like, killing machine. Like, like Jason, like, he, also in part three, he's kind of, like, still kind of, like, goofy and gorpy like he is in part two. Mm-hmm. So this is just, like, straight killing machine Jason. Yeah. And it starts right from the beginning with that, that first kill in the hospital. And this is how you know Savini's back, too, because Jason comes in. He's, like, kind of dead. Well, he is, they think he's dead. He's pronounced dead. Yeah. We have, you know, pervy mortician? Is he mortician or, like, an autopsy I'm not sure, but professional? he is... His, first of all, his name is Axel. That's right. His and, name is Axel. Um, and he tries to, like, seduce his coworker like, no less than three times. So far, every Axel I've ever met... I'm sorry if your name is Axel, but... Everyone I've ever met has been a bit shifty. Yeah. I think the only... I think if, if you're an American Axel... Yeah. You, yes, you're a little shifty. If you're like a, you're named like after a German... A, you're named after a car part. I feel like there's some German Axels who are probably okay, because I think it's a pretty popular name there. So shout out to oh, our really? German listeners. That's interesting. Yeah. But I grew up with a kid named Axel. Yeah. Axel, if you're listening to this, you're, you are quite nice. You've okay. always been nice to me. But so small town America, Axel. Well, yeah, he was <laughs> named after probably Axel Rose. Oh, not a, not the car part. No, he also had a brother named Stone. I knew a kid named Stone. Um, we also, I also knew a kid named Lake. Okay, we can't we can't <laughs> go through all of these names. But I could go on. And you, like I was saying, Axel's kill in the beginning of the movie. Jason wakes up. From his, you know, is he brought back from the dead? Was he ever dead? Was he just sleeping it off? We don't really know. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what? He, he's in the morgue, mm-hmm. Jason, and he's on the gurney. He's covered with a sheet, mm-hmm. and Doctor Axel keeps yes. trying to seduce this nurse. Yeah, I, I guess, and um, she like hates him, and then he's like, "Meet me in the." Morgan, yeah, fool around or whatever, and she's like, "Oh my God, Axel, get away from me!" Well, she goes there anyway, ma'am. Yeah. Why? And, and then, um, so she walks in, and he's he, watching this god awful aerobics tape. I don't know what it was about. It was this woman, um, in a leotard, squatting in the weirdest way possible. It's become kind of a cult, like, uh, like a cult. Uh, not, I don't want to say like um, trivia thing, but it's like like people have tried to seek out this tape, and it, it apparently it does exist. I don't know what it's called, um, but it, it, it was an actual aerobics tape that someone found and they just played it. Same with the, um, and we'll get into it later. But the the stag film they play with the um, on the reel, the reel. Mm. So people have been trying to identify that forever that too. That was cool. But but yeah, the aerobics tape I believe has been located, and I mean oh I God. didn't I, clearly I didn't do enough research. But it is the most bizarre thing <laughs> ever. Well, because I think it was like a someone had said it was not really released as like a tape. It was like just on TV. So you would have had to have like recorded it oh. off of TV. So there's you know who knows, but uh, yeah. So Axel is making out with this honey. Um, she's not having it. She eventually leaves. He's pissed. 
Well, that's because Jason, Jason's quote-unquote dead. Dead hand grabs hand her. Grabs or her. falls on her. And she goes, you better put that sucker in the freezer. Yes. And then she storms off because somehow that was Axel's fault. But yeah. really, girl, don't make out with Axel. No, he's creepy. But Axel gets his immediately, and this is, like I was saying, how we know Tom Savini is back. And, you know, I know if Steve was here, he would be telling you this is his favorite kill of the movie because we have Jason grab, like, a bone saw, and he does, like, a a neck slice, and it's pretty gory, but that's not enough. He does, like, a head twist and completely rips the head off. Um, And, yes, it is a very, like, intense kill. So I get you get you get your Savini right away. You get your brutal Jason kill right away, and I, you know, I think that really sets the tone that Jason is no longer this goofy, you know, whatever he is, kind of disfigured child man. Yeah, he is here to kill, and he's going back home. True. So he eventually goes and kills the nurse as well. Um, like he just wants to live that lake life. Yeah, he wants to you know live laugh lake. Yes. Um, that's uh, you know. Everything's better at the lake. We, we here in Michigan My we have a, we have a sign. lot of lake um, memorabilia. We we're, we're, lake we're culture is yeah. big here. It's probably just you as, grew up on a lake. I grew up on a lake. A lot of you grew up on with a, a cabin on the lake. Oh yeah. So, I mean, like, everybody is, like, kind of, like, adjacent to a lake in everybody, Michigan. Everybody here has a lake in their life. Yes. So, lake life is... And it is just called the lake. Yes. So, they're heading back to what lake? Crystal. Crystal Lake. My girl, Crystal. And pretty much when we cut to this, so, like I had said at the top of the episode, this is where we get introduced to the Jarvis family. And Tommy Jarvis, played by a very young Corey Feldman. And he is the cutest thing. So this is like a, this is I think the same year as Gremlins, but this technically came out prior, I believe. He's so little. He's very young. He's like 12. Yeah, he's probably around there. Like 12 or 13. I think this is, and I think. The Goonies maybe came out a year later than this. Yeah, it's before the Goonies. Yeah, so it's pre-Goonies, pre-Gremlins. Um, Which I've still never seen Gremlins. Yeah, we'll have to watch that this Christmas. Cause this te- I'm going to say it's a Christmas movie. Te- it's definitely a Christmas movie. Well, yeah. but Just like Die Hard is. Just like Die Hard is. Just like Batman Returns is. Thank you. So, um, yeah, really young Corey Feldman. He's playing the, the young Tommy Jarvis, who is like, you could tell that like, they're like, oh shit, we got Tom Savini back. Like, let's put a bunch of like Tom Savini masks in Tommy's bedroom and make it look like he's just like has like a professional Hollywood mask hobby. Uh, yeah, he's like a <laughs> savant when it comes to yes. the special effects masks. This kid who lives in like the backwoods of his you mom's know. like, you're getting pretty good at those masks. It's yeah. like the most detailed, yeah. like high functioning mask ever. So this, like, so Tommy Jarvis. Him and his sister and his mother live in the house on Crystal Lake, right next to this kind of party house that's being rented. And might um, I say, for being a, a family within a horror movie, they're not annoying. They're not weird. They're just like this cute little family. Yeah, they're the, pretty good. The older sister, Trish. Trisha, Trish, yep. She's the cutest thing. Very beautiful. 
like it was. Do you remember I what the dog's it, name was? Gordon. Gordon, yes, <laughs> Gordon. Gordon. Beautiful golden retriever. Yeah, he was cool. But no, the mom was nice and cool, not cringy at all. And I feel like for an '80s horror movie, that was pretty rare. Yeah, '80s single mom. Hol- hold on, just a second. Oh, are you gonna try and get a Sheila? Sheila, uh, comment from Sheila here about Sheila has some nasal issues, and um, let's just listen, listen in here. Sheila. Oh, she's kind of snorty. She's snorty. She's got like a smoker's rasp. Who knows where this cat has been before we adopted her? My uncle's house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I guess we do. I know. also don't know why her name is Sheila, but it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, it's for all of you Lions fans. It's definitely not after Sheila Ford, who is the owner of the Lions. Oh. Who makes awful decisions. But oh. anyways, back to Friday the 13th, the final chapter. So this is a little part where we usually go through the good, the bad, the what the fuck of this movie. So, I'm going to throw it to you first, Cass. Oh. You know, like I said, a lot of people consider this the first Friday the 13th. The, not the first. The best Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen the first one. You've seen this one pretty recently. Uh, what are some things that you particularly enjoyed about it? Um, I really liked the cast. Mm. I thought they were really funny. Oh, yeah. Like, all the party kids that come to the next-door yeah. rental house, they were hilarious. Uh, Crisp and Glovin. Glover. Glover, in particular. Pre-Back to the Future. That's George McFly for yeah. um, people who haven't seen this. Also, this is one of the first movies we've covered that I feel like most people probably have seen. So we're kind of yeah. just all loving this together. But yeah. Yeah, so a young Crispin Glover. Kind of um, a killer cast. we got Crispin. We've got Corey. We got Corey. We've got Gordon. We've got Gordon. We got Tom Savini. We got a. We got like a. a you know the people who are the rest of the friend group. Um, we have like. We have those two twins who come in. Oh, like I don't Tina like them. And Tara. Tina and Tammy. Tammy. No, fuck um, them. They were so annoying. Yeah. That was the one part where I was like. They just had to throw in these two fucking bimbos. But the other guy, I'm, let me look up his name. But the the he's kind of the Crispin Glover. Like they're the two kind of single guys on the trip. Um, and he he's he's actually pretty funny as well. I I actually really Teddy kind of enjoyed. His, yeah, was it Teddy? Teddy. Yeah. So Teddy is kind of like this uh, uh, horny man. Horny, yeah, horny definitely. But he's um he he's the one who kind of is like the I guess you would call him like the stoner if we're gonna go through like I the, guess. They the tropes weed. of they smoke weed once yeah and I think he instigated oh he definitely the, did. the smoke sesh so so but yeah the group of friends who comes up they're pretty much your typical group of friends you have like you're like three guys two girls two of the one of the guys one of the girls are in a relationship there's like the girlfriend and then there's the two guy friends which one's gonna get the girl and actually i think none of them get that girl no, i think she, they end um, up hooking up with there were the twins there were four guys and two girls because the one girl that wasn't dating paul mm-hmm. um she had a crush on the other guy with the long hair 
Oh, that's right. I forgot about and that guy. And they were like kind of had a crush on each other, but they were just like, oh, like being all coy. And yeah. then they finally um, link up and then they die. They do die. And everybody does die in this movie pretty oh, much. Oh, yeah. But um, let me see what else. Do you have any other anything else that kind of sticks out to you that was good about this? Um, that sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. Other than the kind of quirky characters, particularly Corey Feldman and Crispin. Well, I thought it was odd that they brought in that um, one character, the guy that is like hiking and looking yes. for Jason. I feel like his name's Rob. I don't know, but he was just like random because he yeah. comes in like kind of like a quarter way through the movie and then he gets killed anyways like he you think he's gonna be the hero but he gets killed and i'm like well that guy was kind of pointless he's <laughs> kind of um what was her name what was the sister's name trish, trish. It's, he's kind of trish's love interest yeah um but yeah he doesn't he kind of comes in and he's like this like outdoors man he's out there in the woods but he doesn't really do anything that's uh i guess of note um, let me see here. So it is revealed that Rob is actually the brother of, so he's one of the, he's a brother of one of the victims. Oh. Um, but again, like that's super glossed over. Yeah. And like, it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, I feel like that, cause he does get killed Yeah. and it doesn't, I don't know. It, it seems like they were trying to plant a seed of something that didn't really go anywhere. And yeah. I, he wasn't in any other movies, but I apparently his sister was so i i really liked the character of trish she was actually really cool yeah she um man she was actually a really good actress i think yeah and she she and she survives she had a great screen through the end yeah and she girl she went through a lot during that movie yeah she had to be like wet and cold well, for that's, probably yeah. like days of filming. That's why I, I mean, I always say like, you know, I don't think horror movie actors and performers get enough credit because they agree. gotta get gross and they well, gotta yeah, get because dirty. In the movie, the night that everybody gets killed, it's raining. Yeah. So she's running around outside, and um, she's like all wet, and that's like half the movie. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking to myself like during that, I'm like, man, she had to probably do like a like weeks of filming just being wet and cold all day long probably that yeah. sucks yeah and probably not for a ton of money <laughs> true but um yeah the trish character is is pretty good um and she said i'm not gonna die today no and she I, didn't d i've jumped out this window and guess what i'm still running that that's that I'm gonna put that into that I will save that for the end. But one of the what the fucks was me was why is there so many so much slow motion of people going through windows in this movie? Because dude, it's cool. Joe Zito, um, <laughs> what's up with that? Every time someone, even when Gordon goes through the window, it's in slow oh, yeah, motion. I forgot. <laughs> so, there's like two window crashing scenes. I think there's even more, but maybe maybe it felt like more. But Gordon definitely goes through, and then so does Trish. Does Gordon live? I think Gordon does live. I don't think that we, they kill a dog in this one. Mm, you know who good. kills dogs? Michael Myers. I feel like almost uh, every yeah. Michael Myers movie has a dog death. Don't quote me on that, but... Not the new one. The new one didn't? No. 
think the original couple do. Mm. But, um, yeah. I mean, a couple of some of the another big things for me was, like, I just feel like this was a big step up from the third part, which I already kind of talked about why. Not just 3D, but I feel like Jason kind of becomes, like, a true killing machine. Yeah. And I think that, like, Joe Zito, like I said, we've covered him before on The Prowler, which is maybe a couple years ago, 2018. One of our, like, early, early episodes. But one of the first kind of big slashers we did. And that's the one with, uh, I mean, that that one just has such, like, gritty kills to it. And I feel like this one really has some, like, grit to it. It's, it's not quite like, um... You know how, like, eventually, like, you're kind of, like, wink, wink, rooting for Jason? Yeah. I feel like you're not quite there yet with this one. No. Like, I feel like you, like, you kind of care about the cast and the kids, so you're not quite, like, yeah, kill them. Mm -hmm. Like, it it, it hasn't quite hit that, like, parody of a slasher movie yet. No. So, I, I really like that about it. And not, and, and it, not that it kind of drops off after this, but it definitely gets, like muddled more like how 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 crazy can jason kill people yeah. which um and then you know jason's supernatural <laughs> but all of that's fun for but for different reasons but um yeah this one's i think kind of the last i'm gonna say gritty friday the 13th is this the first time we see his face i mean you technically see his face in the first one uh, well yeah, I guess. And I think you, I think you see his face, maybe, in two. Mm. He gets his bag ripped off. Uh oh. Or maybe you see his face in uh, three. I don't really know. But I will say, that is my favorite kill. And before we move on to the bads, my favorite kill is when Jason gets demasked. De- he gets his mask ripped off at the end. And they hit him with the hatchet. Or, no, it's not a hatchet, I'm sorry. Machete. 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 So they hit him <laughs> with the machete in his head. And, like, as he falls down, the, his like he falls, and then his, like, head slides down the machete. Oh, yeah, that's really good. So it kind of, like, bookends the kills. Like, I think the first kill of Axel is really good. And then the last kill of Jason is really good. Yeah. With the hatchet. Why are and you calling Tommy. it a hatchet? It's a machete. Machete. Yes. The machete to the head. Machete. With a bald Tommy. Oh, my God. Where Tommy finds the picture. And this, so this is kind of a throwback to, like, the, um, the, uh, um, part two where they're, like, um, tricking Jason with, uh, like, talking as his mother. So this one, you're, like, seeing um, Jason, pretty much, like, a younger self of Jason talking to himself. But, like, it kind of plays on this thing that, like, Jason's, uh, like, doesn't know where he is. He's confused, and they're just playing on this, like, he can be put into, like, a trance almost by, like, reliving parts of his past. Which, I don't know how Tommy knows that. I guess it's just instinct because I don't know how the girl knows that in part two as well. I don't think they ever really go over like Tommy doing research on Jason. He finds like a newspaper clipping and it just has a picture of Jason. Oh. And he's like, I'm going to shave my head like that. 
Yeah, and he does a terrible job because yeah. he decides to shave his head while his sister is about to get killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jason's bald head didn't look that good, though. So it weirdly was kind of accurate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that last Jason kill, of, I mean, of Jason getting killed is pretty great. But um, I think I think my favorite honorable mention kill is actually Crispin Glover's kill, where he's he comes down. He like the whole movie. He's like talking about how he wants to have sex, obviously, and he finally has it, and he comes down. No. What What do you mean? I'm no. Sorry. No. <laughs> You're close. Yeah. He um he gets labeled by like all the girls as a dead fuck. Oh, yeah. He's not good at having sex. I was going to get to that because I feel like dead fuck is said too many times in this movie. Way too many times. But, yes, uh, he is called a dead fuck. Yeah, so he's... And he says it about 12 times too many. And he asks way too many people, am I dead fuck? And I'm like, you're about to be if you say it one more time. Yeah, which is, that's an 80s term, right? I mean, I don't think I've I've ever... I've never heard it before. Yeah. They might have made it up for this. That might be a Joe Zito original. But, yeah, so he finds out he's not a dead fuck. Yeah, by either Tammy or... Tara. Tina. Terry. Tina, yeah. Who knows? Two twins who actually... I looked up their, like, what they had done after, and they, they seemed to be pretty popular. They actually played, like, the same character on, like, a bunch of soap operas. <laughs> like, they just would sub each other out. They weren't identical. I, yeah, I know. At that, all. That just shows you soap operas, like, back in the day, pre, pre, um, you know, like, recording. Yeah. They just put her out there, whatever. Don't, people won't remember what they saw yesterday. <laughs> She's got brown hair. But, you know, I feel like they were probably just picked because they uh, were attractive, they were willing to get topless and bottomless. Yes. And were twins, which... Kind of played into this. They were both super annoying. Yeah. But the Crispin Glover kill it after he finds out he's not a dead fuck. He's happy. Um, is pretty great. I mean, he gets the, he gets a corkscrew through the hand. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a cleaver right in the face. And, I mean, after, after the two kills I'd already mentioned, the Axel and Jason kill, I think that's got to be number three. Yeah. Because it's... Well, it, then he gets nailed to the doorway. He does get nailed to the doorway as well. JC style. Um, <laughs> yes. I also also liked... speaking of JC, this is way way Excuse off topic. Me? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is way off topic, but I do want to just get your opinion live here on Jesus Christ on something related to Jesus Christ. Do, would it be sacrilege? Would we be? Would it be too far? Oh God! If for an Easter episode we cover Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Because um, it has some great I don't gore so, special effects. It's scary. Yes, it's very scary. And the gore special effects are like really hold up. I remember watching that as a child. Thank you, Grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the highest grossing R-rated movie ever. It's so scary. Okay, so and you I don't so you think like, we could cover it? On, I think you could cover it. Easter. It's very scary. Okay. Um, I even got scared. When my grandma took me to see um, Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay, well, not that now. Okay, you're getting out. But they nailed him to the cross, and he was screaming, and I was like ten, and I was like, "Oh god, this is scary." I also cried during uh, when we went to go see Lion King live. Lion King's sad. 
No, it was scary. Oh, well, stay tuned for possible Passion of the Christ. That was a very scared uh, child. Blade job episode this Easter. Um, well, I guess, you know, what are we what are we saying for the bad? I, I There's really not a ton of bad for me on this movie. No, uh, the twins. The twins for you. My, my my the the worst part about this movie and this really isn't a fault to this movie because as a standalone movie it's pretty great. Yes. But um obviously <laughs> it's not the final chapter. Um and they kind of at the end of the movie they leave it to you to kind of believe that like Tommy is going to be the next killer. Yeah. Right? Mhm. And they completely drop that yeah. next movie. Oh. They have Jason gets struck by lightning, and he comes back from the grave. Okay. And Tommy is now forced to fight him to the death, Highlander style, <laughs> R.I.P. Sean Connery. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, he is, um, they kind of drop the whole, like, hint, hint, Tommy's the next Jason Yeah, the end scene is, like. Which I feel like is a really cool end scene. Yeah. But then they kind of, you know, well, how can we cash in on this more? Fast forward, probably, I'm going to say 18 months was probably when they started making the next movie. And we have final chapter, part five, A New Beginning. Was Corey Feldman in Yes, yeah, so he's, Corey Feldman is in the uh, A New Beginning for a little bit at the beginning when uh, you see Jason get brought back to life. But then it does fast fast forward to... Um, like a like a twenty year old Tommy Jarvis. Okay. So, and that's when he starts fighting uh, Jason there. But yeah, that's kind of my big low is like you know, I mean it's hindsight now, but you know, Friday the Thirteenth. You know, we got a shit ton of Jason movies, but it kind of hinted here that we might be getting into the Tommy Jarvis storyline. And I will say a new beginning kind of plays with that a little bit where like there is some like ambiguous kills where you don't know if it's Jason or maybe somebody else. Mm -hmm. And they kind of point to Tommy, but I mean, hell, we got fucking nine more Jason movies, so it's clear. It's it's Jason. It's for surely Jason. (laughs) It's always Jason. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be probably my biggest bad was the kind of, they, 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 it, you know, I'm not going to say it's a bad because I do like some of the Jason movies to come, so, but it was kind of, a, it's it's kind of a lackluster ending knowing what's, what's going to come after it. Yeah, I, I think one of my bads would be that it is almost, like, plot-wise, kind of the same movie over and over and over again like you have the stereo it's like any slasher ever is all of these movies it's like yeah you know sometimes you get a little sick of the and as much as i love 80 slashers and all the stereotypes that come with them sometimes it is like oh there's these two horny teenagers and they're making out in front of all their friends which by the way in all my years of being a teenager i Never had two friends that would just make out with each other in front of everybody else. Oh, you didn't have fun friends then. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I had the best friends because of that. No, and but I mean, like yeah, Friday the Thirteenth is kind of the, also like, cookie cutter. The, the, do people the, skinny dip that often? 
Back in 80 to 4, yeah. In front of all your peers? Yeah, they had nothing else to do. Dude, you can pay me. How many movies have we watched that have skinny dipping? Like every single one. Yeah. That's why, because this is what you did in the 80s. Have you, you skinny ever skinny dipped? dipped? Mm, actually, no. I have not. No, me either. I have no, no desire to. Lakes are dirty. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're when you're swimming in them, you're still getting any lake water into areas that you would get into while well, skinny yeah, dipping. Well, yeah, but... No, yeah, no. I don't know. But, I mean, every movie I feel I like we've seen skinny dipping, like, from The Burning to, like, any camp movie. Yeah. You know, Sleepaway Camp, there was skinny dipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got to do it, I guess. I, I never really went to summer camp, sleepaway camps like that. So, I never I never did it. So, maybe it's a not camp a, thing. I'm not a camper. If you went to stay over camp growing up, let us know if you skinny dipped in the comments. I went to fifth grade camp. That's fun. Me too. It was fun, except I cried at night. Yeah. Because I wasn't a kid. Oh, you were one of the criers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was one of those kids that, like, couldn't spend the night at anybody's house or had to call my mom at, like, 10. Yeah. Yeah. We all know. We all know that girl. (laughs) That that boy. (laughs) All right. Some what the fuck moments. You have a friend that would throw up. I did. (laughs) I did have a friend who would throw up constantly and then we eventually made the rule where we had to go to his house to sleep over and then he would still throw up there (laughs) just the presence of of company but um all right what some what the fucks of this movie there's not a ton uh there's one big one okay crispin glover's (laughs) dance scene the crispin glover dance scene and i loved it everybody knows what i'm talking about right now it's when he puts on this record and does like this jerky dance scene that I kind of like they would they would kind of continue it on in the next movie with Violet who's like this goth girl who does like a quirky dance scene as well and I wish that was like a running joke that continued into every single Friday the 13th movie <laughs> that would be great but I don't know I don't even know if the Violet dance scene was intentionally quirky because of Crispin Glover, but Crispin Glover, I'm assuming, is improving here because he's a weird fucking guy. He really was funny through the whole movie. He's the best. I think he is actually the best part of the movie, more so than like the Corey Feldman scenes, and more so than Trish. I love Trish. I think Corey Feldman, uh, Crispin Glover, really, uh, like holds up. Oh, you can get a good Sheila snore here. Yeah, hold on, just one second. On the mic. So that's what we hear all day, every day, is this cat (laughs) snoring. I've never heard a cat snore. I'm kind of worried about her. She has like a like a deviated septum or something. Oh, she has sleep apnea. She's obese. Yeah, she's obese. She's on a fitness journey. She's like high high uh, high risk for COVID probably. But yes, the Crispin Glover. She's a calico saying, too, if you're wondering. Yes, and she's got one brown leg and one orange leg, and she's so sweet. And you can do whatever you want to her. She doesn't care. She likes to be picked up and held and snuggled. <laughs> I'm pressing on her little toes right now. She doesn't care. She was really nice when we cut her nails today. Yeah. But Crispin Glover, love him. Love him. Love the... He does say dead fuck too many times. Too many. 
but he does redeem it all with the cleaver to the face and the quirky dance. So And the corkscrew to the hand, which I loved because before he did that, he's like, has anyone seen the corkscrew? And then, boom, corkscrew <laughs> to the hand. Yeah. I love that. Jason took it. But, yeah, Crispin Glover, I, I mean, I personally think he steals the show in this one. For sure. Um, Corey Feldman going bald, fun, kind of what the fuck, but makes sense kind of in storyline. And then my last kind of what the fuck was, we already covered it, was was the glass breaking. Yeah. For some reason, it's just like, it stuck. I, I don't know why I like got hung up on it, but I was like, wow, that's like the fifth time someone's jumped through a plate glass window. But well, it it's was- fun. It was cool when Trish jumped through the window, and you can clearly tell that it is a stunt woman. Yes. Because no face the whole time turned away. And then it was, I found it especially hilarious when she hits the ground, and you can tell that it's just like a trampoline covered in dirt and leaves. <laughs> the more, Yeah, that's kind of another part of this show now, is now, you know, not only... Not- uh, identifying blade jobs, but identifying just you know blatant stunt people and stunt props. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But I really, I really liked, I really liked Trish. So you've seen actually quite a few Friday the Thirteenth now. Like I think we, what, what, what did we watch like Jason Lives yes. earlier with the, or we watched uh, New Blood with the telekinesis girl. Oh yeah. So you've seen kind of like a hodgepodge of Jason movies, yeah. not not in order. I I honestly feel like you don't need to watch them in order. N- no, I mean this one too. The first twenty minutes, not sorry, not twenty minutes, but five minutes is like recapping literally the first three movies. Yeah, with a narration and everything. <laughs> yeah, so you don't need to watch any of the movies prior. But do you have like like you've kind of seen a good mix? You've seen kind of like the early Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Now you've seen the beginning of the Tommy Jarvis. And you've seen kind of the after Tommy Jarvis with the more, like, supernatural ones. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a preference of your Jason just from those kind of three um, movies? Oh, I love Baghead. Okay, so you, okay. But my favorite, Friday the 13th, is the first one. Okay, so the pre-Jason with Mrs. Voorhees. Yes, because I think the kills in that one are really cool. Yeah, the like kills. With the so, archery yeah. and everything like that. I mean... I love that one. That's another thing, too, is, like, the kills in the first one, like I said, you have Tom Savini. The kills in the second one actually really hold up, too, and it really kind of has those, like, really splattery kills. Mm -hmm. The kills in the third one really don't have as much oomph to them, because I think they were too focused on the damn 3D. They forgot to bring the bucket of blood. And they they return to form here. This one has... Probably some of the goriest kills, um, you know, after part two. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think just the first one is so original. Yeah, the first one really does hold up. I mean, it, we saw the drive-in and it was like an awesome experience. Yeah, even so though your car died, it did die. Well, but that's okay. I have the big question now for oh you. Oh boy! As we're wrapping up this show, it's Friday the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. We're coming off Halloween. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to know. Oh, boy. Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers? Who do you prefer? Not necessarily what film series do you prefer, but, like, what killer do you think is, like, I guess, uh, 
just just which one I like better. better. Yes, yeah. I personally I stand Michael, Big Mike. Okay, I love him. I love the way he moves. Yes, I love how like nothing at all can stab him, mm-hmm. and I. I love the Halloween movies, prob- just in general, more than Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, but I mean they're kind of they're pretty similar in a bunch of ways. But for me, Michael Myers is like a little bit scarier. So you're going Team Michael. I'm Team Mike. So okay, I'm actually I'm actually Team Jason. Okay, so now we have to fist fight. Yeah, so I don't know. I I just I I like the Jason. I Jason. You, I feel like you would enjoy the supernatural side a little bit more. I mean, obviously Halloween has some. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously that are a little wacky, but yeah, I I like Jason because it's like for one, Friday the Thirteenth is the movies I saw as a kid. I, I didn't really see Halloween until, like, high school. Mm. Like, Friday the 13th, like, I saw, like, a, you know, back in the day when, like, sci-fi would, like, just marathon all the movies. Like, I, I, like, turned it on one day and, like, instantly, like, I think I saw either this one or the, like, I think I saw this one, the next one, and the one after that. Like, pretty much the Tommy Jarvis series mm-hmm. was, like, my first exposure to Friday the 13th. And then I saw Halloween, and yeah, I mean, I've always been a Jason boy. Nice. I like Jason. That's okay. And I kind of like it because... I think this relationship will still work. I think it will, too. But I I like Jason because it's kind... Because Jason is kind of goofy. Yeah. Like, and there's something that I really enjoy about that. Not that I don't enjoy, like, the the Halloween. I love Halloween, too, but... um, there's something about, like, the kind of, like, goofiness of Jason mm-hmm. that I really just, like, it's just, like, comforting. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go back and rewatch like, you know, like, the revenge of, my you know, Halloween 4, Revenge of Michael Myers. Like, <laughs> that's not, like, a just, like, a movie I just want to throw on all the time. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 they're good in their own regards, but there's something mm-hmm. about, like, just picking a random Friday the 13th. And it's just like comfy, yeah. so that's why I I personally that's like that. Nice, yeah. I think Michael is just a little bit scarier, is all. I agree. I do think Michael is scarier, but I think if I had to pick, and also I think the fact that there's so fucking many Friday the Thirteenth, yeah, it's like there's kind of one for every feeling. Yeah, you know, you want to get a little scared. Maybe you watch the first couple. First two are a little more jump scare, mm-hmm. a little more mystery. Ooh, the first one has, like, one of the best jump scares ever. Yeah. You want to watch something that's just stupid? Jason X. For Jason sure. in space. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, I have one more what the fuck. Okay. Um, The Hitchhiker. Oh, yeah, this was going to be your favorite kill, I thought. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, I totally forgot. So the nameless lineless This girl had not one line. Her role was to stand on the side of the road, hold up some sort of sign that said Canada and Canada or bust? Canada and peace or oh, and peace, yeah. And um the car full of 
the kids that are going to stay at the party house mm-hmm. pass her, and one of the girls is like, oh, let's stop and pick her up. The other guy is like, no way. And <laughs> they pass her, and she flips her sign around, and it says, fuck you, which is really cute. It is pretty fun. She sits down, starts eating a banana, and she gets totally slaughtered by Jason. And it's a really cool kill because she's like, she gets stabbed through the throat. Yeah. And she's squeezing the banana, and it gets all weird. And, um, but yeah, that girl had not one line. She didn't even scream. No. Well, through the throat. She just went. But, um,. Yes, yeah, so you so so you're gonna put part one as your favorite Friday the Thirteenth for sure. And I think I'm gonna put, I mean, part one is definitely like one of the better ones, but it's just it's scary. I don't know. I still I still put this as one of my tops, this mainly for really the kills. Good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one is good. And you know what? I think we have some time to kill. Maybe we can watch another one tonight. It is Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. We'll see. But that's it. That's our Friday the 13th part four, the final chapter, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me, Cass. Of course. Filling in for Steve. Hopefully he's got his PlayStation 5 figured out. Steve. Or we may Steve, never see from, hear from him again. Steve, put it. Put the controller down. I guess his controller, I guess, is one of the issues. It's oh, broken. <laughs> Steve, if you can hear me, follow the sound of my voice back to reality. We're all worried about you. We all care and love you. Just, you can do it. He can do it. And just like Jason, Steve will be back. Oh, boy. (laughs) And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out. Thank you for having me. I'm so (laughs) happy. All right. It was so funny when you asked me to do this because you were like, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. We just winging it over here. Now that we live together, we can just be like, okay, you want to do it tonight? Okay, do it. We're doing it. So, all right. Thanks for listening. Write a review. Yes. Subscribe. Tell your friend. Don't hurt my feelings. You got a weird friend who likes wrestling. You got a friend who has a Jason tattoo. Tell them about this show. Hell yeah. And have a happy Friday the 13th. Friday the the 13th will be over by the time this is released. Yeah. I hope you all stayed safe. And I hope you continue to stay safe and be smart. And mm-hmm. uh, love thy neighbor. Yes, don't steal cars. Don't steal cars and don't keep us up all night with the cops out in front of yes. our yard using our cars as cover. And have a lovely Saturday the 14th. Right on. And with that, talk to you guys later. Love ya. Bye. before you have felt the terror, known the madness, lived the horror, but this is the one you've been screaming for. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, Jason is back. He moves like a shadow, dark 
and silent. Sir, you change your mind? He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. Where the hell's the car scroll? He simply mindlessly <laughs> mercilessly <laughs> kills but now Jason's reign of terror is over Friday the 13th the final chapter Jason's unlucky